And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys are having a fantastic week. Uh, great show for you today. I was joined by my friend Aaron Bandler. Always a great time talking to Aaron. Uh, we covered a lot. We talked about the Atlantic, insisting that we all just leave Joe Biden alone. Uh, we talked about uh, inflation through the roof and the Federal Reserve and what they're trying to do about it. Uh, we talked about the, uh, the primaries and special elections held across the country last night and what that means for the midterms uh, and a bunch of other stuff. I think you guys will enjoy it. Before we get to Aaron, guys, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at no gimmicks pod please subscribe on itunes soundcloud google play spotify wherever get your podcast make sure to subscribe if you are an apple user please take a few seconds to leave us a five-star rating and a good review i'd really appreciate that and if you like the show and want to get involved you can support us monthly over on patreon patreon.com slash the no gimmicks podcast all right without further ado the great aaron bandler all right guys we're here with my brother aaron bandler aaron how you been man Take a play. How you doing, Brady? Can't complain. I could, but I won't. Not today. <laughs> Not yet. I, I will. I'm sure I'll complain quite a bit over the course of this podcast, but I, I won't start it off with complaining. I hear you. I hear um, you. Before we get into the meat and potatoes of the news cycle this week, yeah, uh, and of course we have a ton to get to as always. But I, I have to start with my all-time favorite new corporate press headline and i have to you know i'm a connoisseur of these these types of headlines <laughs> like so i mean like we know who the corporate press is we know who these people are but sometimes it's still just you just have to sit back and bask in the glory of some of these takes and this is from the atlantic's tom nichols I, one of the worst repeat offenders uh, you know i'm sure everyone <laughs> listening already is aware yeah. uh there's a headline from the atlantic yesterday quote leave joe biden alone that that's the headline <laughs> Leave, and he goes on to talk about how great Joe Biden is, and the Republicans are just so mean. Aaron, everybody's just too hard on the president. My goodness, it, it, it's it, it's it's funny because it, it reminds me of that meme of, of of the crying woman being like, "Leave Britney alone," you know, crying <laughs> Britney Spears. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I, it's the same energy. Uh, I mean, basically the same has, but basically the same words. <laughs> Uh, from from that from that Atlantic headline, um, and then I remember the days when, when Tom Nichols at least pretended to be a conservative. Um, I don't think he pretends anymore because he's not. It, no. It's just he he always faced himself as like the expert of all experts on expertise. <laughs> Why? Because he because he says so, so we have to believe him. Uh, and, and I'll just say that like it's me. Like I stopped following him a long time ago, but I mean. When I did follow him, man, just so much arrogance after every tweet. Like, you know, look, I know better than you. Like, it's just, it's just, that attitude just pisses me off so much. And and I think Nichols has really lost a lot of credibility over, you know, it's just ever since Trump because, because he's just proven what, um, what a fraud he is, basically. And that headline is just sort of, you know, it just is just reflective of that. Man, I imagine just the arrogance it takes to just refer to yourself as an expert on anything. <laughs> yeah, right. 
like I'm good at a handful of things, but I I mean at age 33, I just don't think I've been alive long enough to be considered an expert on anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I just wouldn't. Like I, my my goodness, and he is billed as like any of his media hits as like the resident expert on all matters. You know. Like I think, the, like, yeah. Usually, when I do media hits, I go on some somebody else's show or whatever. It's it's never like Brady Leonard, the expert on. I'm trying to think if I've ever been billed as an expert on something. I I mean, I was on my buddy Andrew Donaldson's show, radio show, a couple weeks ago. It was during like the Ohio Senate primary, and he was like, "Well, you're an expert on being a Republican in Ohio." <laughs> I was like, "Okay, that's fair." <laughs> I guess I can talk about that. It's I was literally just born here, so it's not a you know. It's not something I'm in control of, but yeah, man. Anyway, I, th- I think that's why I've just never liked Nichols at all. But um, yeah, man. I, I, just if if your take after watching the media over the course of your life is that like the press is too hard on Democrats, I mean, I just. I, I, I mean, I mean that's it's, it's like, what are you smoking? <laughs> like, I mean, like, I, I mean, I mean, what else? I mean, how else do you explain that? Like, it's or like, what's it's, your angle? Like, what's your angle? Like, what's I don't your, even think yeah. there, there's no way Democrats believe that. There, there cannot be any way they believe that. I mean, the, the, the revolving door between between journalists and and people who work in Democrat administrations, like, like it, it's pretty apparent. Like, like, like Jake Harney used to be Obama's press secretary, and then he worked for Time. I don't, know, I don't know if he's still there. Um, but, but, but you see stuff like that happen all the time. Well, who's and, the NBC even, guy? Uh, who's the NBC guy? Uh, Stephanopoulos. No, the, uh, he's ABC. ABC, yeah, that's yeah, right. a better that's example. Right. Yeah, of course, just Stephanopoulos. Yeah, he was a big, one of Bill Clinton's hitmen, politically speaking. And and then, and then he's head of the news a, division. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Supposed to be an objective anchor at ABC. Come on, like no one really believes that. Where Stephanopoulos is objective. Oh man, and I mean then like and then like the military industrial complex side too. It'll be like. Brandon going straight from the CAA to the board of Raytheon to CNN. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh boy, yeah. oh boy. Like this is like <laughs> a little too on the nose, man. Like what? What are we doing? Yeah. Chief spy, defense contractor, executive, CNN analyst. It's like that is heck of a pipeline there, bro. That but, uh, yeah. So I mean, just so the audience knows, this you know today's podcast is a little bit in limbo. You know, we I I wanted to wait and see. You know, I, the, the word on the street was that uh, we were going to get the Dobbs decision this week. Um, didn't happen Monday. Um, allegedly, it was going to happen today, and that didn't. There was five decisions today, no Dobbs. Um, you know, there was like a there was a VA case. There was uh, some case regarding Viking cruise ships. Like, bro, I don't give a crap about Viking cruise ships. Like, I'm just trying. To, I'm just trying to save the babies. Like, what the heck is what the heck is taking this long, man? Like, I don't know if it's Justice Roberts holding the process up, or maybe one of the liberal justices holding the process up, hoping, hoping somebody flips or, God forbid, somebody's assassinated. Obviously, we saw the assassination attempt on Brett Kavanaugh last week. But, I mean, man, like, obviously we don't know. You never know what the Supreme Court's going to do. But you have to think, on a, a straightforward case like this, it's going to be 4-5. I, I doubt any Probably. of these justices are going to switch. A lot of these cases have been, have been like, have been 5-4 for quite some time now because of how— Sweat the court is. I don't know what people like to, like to refer to it as a conservative court. Well, it's not really. I mean, I think there. I, I mean, first, I, I I don't like the idea. I don't. I I tend to. I I, I bristle when people refer to, to justice as conservative or liberal because it really should be uh, a constitutionalist versus versus an activist judge. Um, I totally to get it, that, Aaron. It, it, I it, I get that, but yeah. our side our side are the only people that care about that. 
I mean, it's like you're probably the, right. The but... left, in, I mean, the Democratic voters, politicians, and justices don't view it that way. It's just uh, it's just the right, you know, cares about the institutions and the norms and the and, and the Constitution. I mean, it's like yeah, everybody else just views the Constitution as a speed bump. You know what I mean? Like, I, it, it's just tough. Sure. Like, I I don't want to go full Jesse Kelly or anything, but it's like I, I don't know. It's like I'm almost tired of pretending like we live in this grand republic that either A, never existed, or B, hasn't existed in a very long time. You know, it's just like, I, I don't know. I, do, do you get what I mean there? Yeah, no, I, 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 I see what you're saying. But but I, I, I'm just saying from a pure, from a pure judicial standpoint, like that's, right. well, I, that's, how it sh- that's, that's how it should be referred to. But anyway, uh, the point is, 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 is that there are only three, I mean, there are only three reliably um, originalist justices uh, on, on, on the court right now. You have four reliable activists. And then you have two swing books and Kavanaugh and Roberts. And more often than not, Roberts goes with the activists nowadays, it seems like. So uh, so, so it's almost like Kavanaugh. It, it just kind of depends. It, it, in some ways, he's a new Anthony Kennedy in the sense that, like, you know, depending on whatever battle movement he has, you know, yeah. that's, that's, that's actually the case is going to go. Um, and so, um, so, so, you, you, so you just never know. Um, how how court is going to rule, and I think in case of Dobbs, I think every I think the holdup has to do with the with with, with the leak. I think I think when that leak happened, it just messed everything up. And I I, I remember I remember seeing, reading some reports that that that, that a lot of that, that there's an effort that but basically it's kind of like um like now nobody really t- trusts each other within the court because no one knows who the leaker is and. And so naturally they don't trust, you know, some information now with each other. And I'm sure all the fallout between, you know, the assassination attempts like Kavanaugh's life. And I'm sure he is not the only one who is facing death threats and so forth. So um, I, I, I think everything surrounding that leak is causing the holdup right now, probably because probably because it will, it will be five or three or Roe v. Wade. And so I, maybe the court's just trying to get, everything prepared because because they know it, it, it's going to result in a firestorm um but it's also possible that 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 perhaps uh the activists are trying to get like having how to flip and, like and, and which yeah i'd like to I, think I, our boy yeah. i'd like to think our boy justice kavanaugh just ordered an ungodly amount of ar-15s and ammunition and it's just you know supply shortages it's taken a while for them to show up yeah you know, at the gun shop down the road from his house. So he's just, like, waiting to make sure his family is armed and protected before they release the decision. I don't know, maybe. Uh, maybe that's wishful thinking. I mean, just, look, man, I am certainly unfit to serve on the Supreme Court because if I were treated the way Brett Kavanaugh was, I mean, if my family was attacked, if I, if, if a, a leftist activist tried to assassinate me in my home, I mean, dude, I would just take a jackhammer to the hopes of and dreams of every Democrat in this country. <laughs> like, I would just, I mean, I would be more conservative than Clarence Thomas and Sam Alito combined. Like, I would just be like this vindictive man on a mission to absolutely bring down the left whenever I could. And I don't know. Maybe that means he's a he's doing his job well, that he's not like that. But, like, just as a grown man, I'm like, I just can't. I, I can't put myself in, in Brett Kavanaugh's position. Like, I would be out for blood. Yeah, I mean, yeah, me too. Um, you, you know, but... Um... The thing is, that ever since Obamacare, you know, I think a lot of people were confident that the court overturned Obamacare, 
And it turns out, oh, no, just kidding. Roberts flips it at the, at the last minute, apparently. And, and that decision, you know, if you read it, like, it, it, it reads, like, like, you read Scalia's, you know, God rest his soul. It, it, if you read Scalia's opinion in, 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 the in that Obamacare case, like, it reads like a majority opinion. Um, you know, so it, it makes you think that somewhere down the road, like, like Roberts flipped. And... Yeah. And so, and so you just you, with the court, you just never know. And, and just in general, I don't, I don't like how like every year we have, we wait with braided breath, braided braided breath, excuse me, um, and 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 hope that the Supreme Court doesn't like further ravage the Constitution. You yeah. know, it's it's like the, like not nine 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 people in rows shouldn't have this much power. Over well, our lives. I mean, between the Supreme Court, I mean, you know, we're like, I mean, today and uh, and Monday, like, I'm just waiting. I'm like, well, we can't start the podcast until all the decisions are out. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, because my goodness, I can't, we can't miss the boat on something like that. But yeah, I mean, what we're seeing right now, everybody is sitting around waiting with bated breath for nine random people in robes to tell us if the Constitution matters or not. And I mean, it's the same thing with the Federal Reserve. These unelected bureaucrats at the Fed were like, "What yeah. are they going to do? Are we are we going to be able to afford food today? I don't know. We haven't heard what what Jerome Powell has to say yet. I mean, it's like this was absolutely not what a constitutional republic was supposed to look like. Obviously, I mean, this is absolute. I mean, my goodness, Thomas Jefferson's rolling in his grave right now. Um, and and we, let's talk about the Fed next because word on the street is that the Fed today at their meeting this afternoon will raise rates seventy five basis points, which is a fancy way of saying. 0.751%. Yeah. Um, the last couple hikes have been a half a point. Obviously, traditionally, they, they raise or lower uh, rates by 0.25 at a time. Um, I, I, I don't think we're anywhere close uh, to the bottom, but obviously with this rate hike, the stocks will keep trying to search for the bottom. Uh, don't worry. It'll get worse. They're not going to find <laughs> it. Um, yeah. But, man, like everybody's freaking out. All the talking heads on cable news this morning, they're talking about the the rate hike and how bad it is you know it's oh, it's gonna send the economy into a recession one we're already in a recession like i know i know that yeah. the technical term for a recession is two consecutive quarters of negative gdp growth but ladies and gentlemen we're there uh, i don't know what to tell you <laughs> look around <laughs> you're paying seven dollars yeah. a gallon for gas we're in a recession um but man moving the rate the fed funds rate from one percent to 1.75 percent is not going to do anything I mean, the Fed is so late to the game. A decade of artificially low or zero percent interest. Real inflation is at double digits. I, it's like, it, I, I don't know, man. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's, it feels to me like they're doing just enough to tank the market and nothing close to what would be necessary to actually save the poor and the middle class from what's coming. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, when I was an intern um, at townhall.com many years ago, I, I, I wrote a, I wrote a very lengthy ar article of, of, about the Fed actually and, and how and how basically they were sitting on um, or, or well creating a, a time bomb with, with all this artificial QE to infinity the QE many quantitative e e easing you know right. with these artificially low interest rates of constantly printing money it's like at some point the bill comes due um, and with the with with the and obviously you know the Obama years had a lot of problems with spending even the Trump years you know spend, spending was was still pretty out of control uh, but both Biden it's like next level and 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 now the chickens are coming home to roost so to speak um, and so the only and so so the only and, and so 
naturally, like when you see inflation rising because of all the spending and all and all the artificial like money is being pumped in, pumped into the economy, yeah, you're gonna have to raise interest rates. And and when you look when you look back at at, what, at um at, at Reagan's presidency early on, you know those first those first three years or so, the the economy was was not in a good state, and that was because Paul Volcker, who was in the Fed chair, had to raise interest rates by a, a pretty ginormous amount. Um, but because yeah, it was the, the only the way he, rate, he could tame, in, yeah. In, in January 1980, the Fed funds rate hit 20. percent Yeah, like exactly. Banks, like it, it basically was, stopped banks from loaning each other money. Yeah, yeah. It it, 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 it was it, it was ridiculously high, but it had to be because it was the only way Volcker, it was the only way Volcker could, could tame inflation. You know, and you know Reagan did, you know, it did. You did his part with the tax cuts, right? And and, and despite what you may hear, may hear, it's like yes, spending didn't didn't increase under Reagan, but he also did what he could to try and, li- and limit limit it. Um, and, and, and he was actually successful at um at limiting the rate of spending growth uh, under under his administration. He had to shut down the government several times to to, to try and make cuts happen. Yeah. Um. So 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 that shows you the that shows you the model toward taming inflation. And so, but yeah, but but the Fed only raising interest rates by a minimal amount like this, it's it's not gonna, it's, it's not nearly enough. And yeah, all it's gonna do is, is tank the market and make, and make things worse. If if the Fed needs to go all in on making interest rates really high, yes, there'll be some short term pain, but you know, short term pain, long term gain, as they say. So yeah, um, I mean, in, yeah. like obviously, if if they did, let's say they actually got serious about inflation, jacked the funds rate up to fifteen percent or yeah. whatever. I mean, the thing is that would destroy the wealth of rich people, um, which inflation doesn't touch the rich. <laughs> so, I mean, the yeah. Fed, they're, they're going to protect the politicians and the bankers and, and their, their buddies and, and leave the, the middle class hanging um, like they always do. Um, it's not good, man. I mean, don't, unless you absolutely have to, don't sell anything. Unless you absolutely have to, don't even look at your 401k uh, for the next year or so. I mean, it's it's going to get bad. Um I mean, man, decades of spending like you're in a crisis when you're in a time of relative prosperity. Um, that bill comes due. I mean, that it the does. economy the economy was growing consistently since about 2010, and obviously in the in the Obama years, uh, the the growth was slowed with all the the taxation. It's, stag- it's a stagnant economy. But yeah, is, and, is how we put it, it. But it was still growing. Like it was still consistent yeah. growth. Uh, and then in the Trump years, the economy was growing a lot quicker. But in both of those presidencies, Obama's second term, Trump's term, they were still spending money. Like they were during COVID, essentially, when there was nothing going on. I mean, it was like, yeah, it's it's mind, but it's just common sense, man. And we are led by clowns, by absolute clowns. Yeah, don't they're completely economic illiterate, economically illiterate clowns. I mean, it's 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 pathetic. And a lot of businesses are going to go under. A lot of people are going to be homeless. A lot of people are going to be hungry. Um, yeah, man. And yeah, it's all, their, it's all their fault. And and unfortunately, you know, it, this is this is two years after after the economy was shut down for you know for, for really no good reason, you know, and and, and the pay and paid people to stay at home, um, and, and and that ruins a lot of people's lives, um, and and you know obviously COVID's pretty you know it was pretty serious too, but 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 I think it's pretty clear at this point that lockdowns hurt more than it helped so um and, and, and so now after having bounced back from that like we're now going to be in a period uh we're heading to a period of economic stagflation you know where there's where, where inflation is bad but the economy is also 
is also, you know, not growing. So, and, and, and that's how the Carter Malays years happened. And it's basically that all over again. Yeah. Yep. Uh, an interesting stat. I think this is from an NBC poll this morning, actually. Um, 71% of Americans blame uh, Joe Biden for inflation. I don't know who the other 29% are. Um, yeah. But in 1980, 66% uh, of Americans blame Jimmy Carter for inflation. That is, uh, that should scare the living crap out of Democrats. Yeah. I mean, if yeah. more people are willing to hold this guy accountable for inflation than Jimmy Carter in 1979, 1980. So that is, uh, that's pretty staggering. And before I let you go, I, I, I haven't, and you haven't either, but um, I haven't been covering, like, all of these special elections and primaries too closely, but there was a whole bunch of elections yesterday that I think we can take a couple things from. Um, just a couple interesting points. I'm not going to talk about all of them. Um, sure. But uh, Nancy Mace, who's like an anti-Trump Republican, fended off her Trump-backed primary challenger. I think that was South Carolina's first district. Um, yeah. I don't think this one means much at all because, and again this morning, there's a whole bunch of pieces from both sides of the aisle. Um, and they did this after Ohio, Pennsylvania, the Georgia elections. And they're always like the the guy on the right and the guy on the left are like writing just the opposite articles the day after all these primaries. They're like, yeah, Trump's endorsement doesn't mean anything. And then it's like Trump is the king of the GOP and everybody has to do what he wants. And it's like or hear me out. <laughs> Trump is super popular in some areas and not very popular in others, right? Like J.D. Vance was polling second okay. or third in Ohio, and then he won after Trump's endorsement. Same with uh, uh, Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania. It's like, I don't think he would have won that without Trump's endorsement. And then it's like the Nancy Mace's district, she cleaned house against Trump's the the woman that Trump endorsed. You see Brian Kemp won by 30 points over David Perdue, Trump endorsed. So it's like, it's just yes and no, man. Like, just maybe just like every other politician, like Trump is very popular still in some areas and not as popular in other areas. And honestly, like, I just don't even think that debate, like, we'll just see what happens. We'll just see who runs for president in 2024. You know what I mean? I don't think we really know how influential Trump is within the GOP. I just like, from the best I can tell, well, yeah, very, very important in Ohio, not so much in Georgia. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really think there's anything. Well, there, there's there, no big always, picture, you know, narrative that we well, can Well, there, there are always differing factors, and especially, especially in congressional races, because it's like, well, well, what was the re, was the redistricting? You know, what, what's the what what what's the demographic breakdown? Um, and in the case, in the case like Georgia, you know, Kemp, Kemp is the incumbent, and incumbents always have a little bit of a um a a, a, a bit of a built-in advantage. Um, and the case of Kemp, like, you know, he, he has, he's had a very successful record and he, um, and, and he, it, 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 he was one of the first governors to open things back up, you know, but it's, it's 2020, you know, and face criticism from Trump for, for doing so, you know, so they're always, they're always differing factors in each race where it, it's, it's very simplistic to say, to, you know, to say, well, to, to say, well, you know, this means Trump is an influential, I mean, Trump is, a, Trump is on the whole, Probably still pretty influential in the Republican Party, but but again, like it, it depends on, on the race and depends on the candidates too, because some candidates are better than others. Oh, yeah. Um. So um, I I will say that that I I look at these polls closely, but it, lately it seems like a, a so a number of polls come out showing DeSantis beating Trump in in hypothetical Republican primary polls. You know, it's so so I mean like it's it, I mean it's 
these polls are still way too early. You know, like it, it's it's we, we don't know who's going to run yet, and a lot can change between now and even you know beginning of twenty twenty three. You know, which is when which is when you know the the presidential horse race starts. Um, you know, but it's something to keep an eye on. Gosh, you know, man, um, not I'm not ready for it. That's <laughs> yeah, only that's only six months away, man. I know, dude. It's crazy. Uh, we gotta start. We gotta do this again in six months. Uh, yep, buckle up. Oh, God. Um, but 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 what what I will say, what I will say, and this might be a little off topic here, but you know, here in California, a week ago, you know, in San Francisco, which is like ground zero for for a hardcore radical leftism, progressivism, we call Chesa Boudin, who uh, who is the son of uh, of of the founders, I believe, of the Weather Underground, which is basically like a Marxist terror group in the Wasn't 60s. He like, wasn't he raised yeah. by, like, Bill Ayers? Or something? Like, Isn't he, like, close yeah. with, like one of those that, like, communists? That, that's that's, that's yeah. right. You know, just, just like Obama. <laughs> uh, but but, but, so, but, but Jesse Boudin was, like, a poster child for, like, defund the police, you know, soft on crime, uh, DAs, and, and under his reign, San Francisco turned into a hellhole. You know, right. is, I mean, Bill, is Bill Ayers still alive? I think so. Man, because like I, I read that about this DA about how he was like funded and like you know, kind of like groomed for office by Bill Ayers. I'm like, man, that guy's been doing damage for a long time. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It's like, holy it's dude, so just have you you haven't gotten enough people killed? Like, just retire, bro. Like, I'm sure you have money. Can you please stop trying to destroy the West Western civilization? Like, it, it's pretty, it's pretty oh ironic gosh. how 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 these Marxists. Are, are wealthy people themselves, and yet they, and yet they hate on, you know, American capitalism. But anyway, the point, anyway, where I'm going with this is that Tessa Boudin, you know, is the poster boy for for, 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 for like defund the police movement and soft on crime policies. Yeah. And crime has become so bad in San Francisco that Tessa Boudin got recalled by nearly two thirds margin. Yeah. I mean, in San Francisco, I, I mean, that's, I mean, that's a pretty ridiculous margin. Yeah, man. Um. And, and and also here in LA, you know, we have the mayor, the mayor's race happening since Eric Garcetti is going to be sent to India uh, as 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 an ambassador. Uh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that he, yeah, yeah, he got he can he, he got appointed as, as the ambassador. Uh, I believe How a year is he ago. qualified to be ambassador to India? Well, I mean, good question. <laughs> I mean, does he speak um, I mean, Indian? I'll, 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 I I have no idea. Uh, but but these these ambassador appointments are always political. You know, it, it's 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 like the modern day spoil system. They don't pay. You know, it, it's like if you're an ambassador, it's like it's like are are you a big supporter slash owner? Okay, cool. You need an ambassador position. Um, you know, and Garcetti, I think, was one of Biden's campaign chairs. Um, but uh, well, I think, explain, I, real, I can't, real quick. But, explain that the moderate who's running. What what's his name? Who's running for Rick, Rick Caruso? Yeah, so so Rick, yeah. Rick Caruso is like the chairman of the board of directors of, of USC, and he was a Republican until, uh, but it, right up until he ran, he switches affiliation to Democrat. Uh, obviously, a political move um, because it's because LA, but but that's uh, but he's running and he's basically running um, a very law and order campaign, um, and uh, a law and order also running against homelessness. And um, and and what's and what's crazy? And, and, and so basically, the runoff is, is between because how, how California works is is that it, it's certain certain primary districts where top two get vote getters um, are 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 the general election nominees regardless of party affiliation. 
So it's him against Karen Bass, who is pretty out there. <laughs> um, yeah. And um, and on Election Day a week ago, like, Caruso actually got a slightly bigger voting percentage. It's like 41% Caruso, 38% for Karen Bass. Um, and, and so now it's between those two. And Rick Caruso has gotten a lot of celebrity endorsements. You know, really? from like Kim, Kar- Kim Kardashian, Snoop Dogg, and, and, and endorsed Rick Caruso, uh, George Lopez. You know, like like these are guys that you expect to vote to 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 support like left wingers, like reliable left like left wing supporters, and they're endorsing Caruso. Because they're tired so, of L.A. being a shithole. I mean, yeah, like, and, 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 they live and, and, there and, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and I'll just say that like like you know like I, I don't. I, I, but, but I'm watching games like you know I, I I'm a big baseball fan so you know I'm always watching the Giants on LBTV like every time it goes to commercial I see I see ads for Caruso you know uh, or even watching a sports game on Hulu like same the same thing you know like like I I see Caruso ads everywhere um so you know I, if there's ever a time for you know, uh, for uh, for you know a relative moderate to get in as mayor of LA, like now's the time. You know, and and that makes me that makes me think that Caruso could just pull this off. We'll see. I mean, it's still a long way to go between now and November, but um, it could happen. Yeah, I mean, it's I, that that just po- he just popped up on my radar recently because it was like it was like oh hey this moderate's probably be you know mayor of LA. I'm like ah, I doubt it, and start seeing this numbers coming out. I'm like wow. And then, of course, the the San Francisco DA. It's like, oh boy, okay. Like, I wonder, you know, I I, I wonder if uh, Californians are finally um, fed up enough to to change course here. Um, before yeah. I let you go, the the yeah. the only other election that caught my eye um, from last night was uh, a special house election. It wasn't a primary; it was a special election uh, the thirty fourth congressional district in Texas. Um, Republican uh, Maria Flores defeated Democrat Dan Sanchez by seven points. Um, and this district is an 87% Hispanic district uh, that Joe Biden won by 13 points in 2020. Okay, so that's a 20-point swing in a year and a half in an overwhelmingly Hispanic district. I don't think a Republican has represented this district in something like 50 years. So, I mean, this was a big one. I mean, both candidates were Hispanic, so it wasn't just like— Yeah. I don't think Republicans really got a boost uh, for running a Hispanic candidate, but— um, I'd imagine most candidates are Hispanic in an 87% Hispanic district. But um, re- regardless, I mean, a 20-point swing in a year and a half is pretty crazy. I mean, this was a heavy, uh, heavy blue district. Um, yeah, I mean, it's—I it, I have to imagine this has some Democrats, especially Southern Democrats or Democrats in, in, uh, on, in border states, um, terrified at this point. I mean, that, that's a huge—20 points in a year and a half is massive. I mean, I can't remember uh, a swing like that in just about any district didn't in she, recent memory. Didn't, didn't, didn't she win that race with like eighty four, like eighty four percent of the vote or something like that? No, or she won a different district. No, that was a different one. She won. It was like okay. fifty one to forty three or fifty. Oh, gotcha. Okay, forty three, something like that. Um, yeah. No. Well, well regardless, yeah. So we're, like, as I said, we're point swing that. Yeah. I. I, I mean, it, it. Usually, minority voters are. Uh, or reliable Democrat votes, but but I mean, it's not under Trump too. But we're, we're under Trump, like Republicans made inroads. Really, Trump, Trump made inroads with with, uh, with minority voters, and it's good to see that Republicans are starting to catch up to that and actually and and, and try. And it's, I think getting at the Trump, it, it it have been sort of um common within GOP circles to just write 
to write off the minority vote. Um, and now Republicans aren't doing that anymore. Like, it, it's like sometimes we just show up. Like, that makes just a difference. Not, uh, uh, just and give, just like, give them an option. Being, just give yeah. the people an option, man. Just go and actually fight for their vote. Try to earn their vote. It's all about the candidates. Yeah, and I'm not. Yeah, I'm not saying. And look, I, 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 it's. I'm not saying that people should. That Republicans should pander to them. You know, I mean, you should pander anyone. It's, it's just you, 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 you go to everybody, regardless of their race, gender, or whatever, and you know, you, 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 and you, you make your case a bit based on based on your principles. You know, that's. I mean, it's it's really that simple. And there's there's a there's a difference too. Like there are unwinnable races. I mean, like, yeah. Last cycle, remember Kim Klasik, that crazy lady from Baltimore? <laughs> yeah. She raised all this money that could have gone to actual winnable races to run yeah. in like inner city Baltimore, which is like a ninety-five percent Democratic district, and she lost by sixty points or whatever. I mean, there's like, there's there's literal candidates that are a waste of time and money, and then there's these candidates like Flores who just showed up ran a solid campaign talked about the issues that that mattered in that district and won you know what i mean and i just and honestly the the whole obama coalition thing like oh yeah white people are going to be a minority and and minorities are always going to be democrat like i think that might it's... get blown to the moon in november because a lot of polls are showing like nationally hispanics you know, breaking towards uh, Republicans, it's like a, a bare majority, like 50, 51 percent, which would be crazy. Uh, but even last cycle, um, the breakdown among Hispanics, it, w- it was a little bit more homogenous with uh, with uh, the black vote. But with um, the Hispanic vote, it was not this like across the board, um, you know, support for Democrats. Like in California, mm-hmm. it was it was like 90 percent of California Hispanics voted well, Democrat. Yeah. <laughs> in Texas, it was like 38 percent voted Republican. And then in Florida, it was like 50% voted Republican. And so, I mean, you're, it's just, it doesn't matter, man. Like it's not, there isn't this blanket. I mean, one, what does Hispanic even mean? Like Cubans vote a lot different than Mexicans do and Venezuelans vote different than Colombians, you know, but whatever. But like, it's just different. Like Hispanics in Texas are not nearly as liberal as Hispanics in California. Like this, this myth that the Democrats told themselves after you know, two big wins by Obama that like, you know, minority minorities were just these like monolithic voting blocks. It's like I, one that's kind of racist Two, Yeah, that's just not how things work. Like, I mean, like communities change, states change, things change. I mean, like the, the tide changes in a lot of these parts of the country. So it's like it is it's it's fascinating that Democrats actually convince themselves that they would have this stranglehold on the minority vote indefinitely. Right. Well, I think Hillary Clinton shows that the Obama coalition only works for Obama and not for anyone else. Yeah. Um, but but, you know, I, I know Republicans have always said for some time that that, that, that uh, there is a natural um, that 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 the Hispanics have always been natural. Uh, all Hispanics hold socially conservative views. You know, right. so so it makes sense that that that, there, that someday that I could, I could be a good voting block to tap into. I think the problem had always been like you know, Republicans just haven't shown up, or they think the win when the over is by pandering on immigration and so forth. It's like no, like just you know, just just take just make your case for conservatism, you know, to to you know to to these areas that haven't heard it before. Yeah. Um, and I granted it helps when when the incumbent president is, is, is a Democrat and is a disaster, but. 
you know, but but again, it comes down to just show up. You know, you show up. You know, you you you, you, you treat these different voting blocks as human beings. And you make your case. I mean, obviously, I don't think Biden's going to be on the campaign trail much. I mean, the guy he quite clearly clearly has Alzheimer's. He's not all there. Goes yeah. to bed at five o'clock. All of that. But it's like, let's say the Biden team wants to go travel somewhere and campaign for somebody. What candidate's saying yes? I mean, like, are these campaign yeah. managers going to be like, no, whatever you do, stay away, go to Delaware, go home, go to the beach. We do not want. I mean, like, I can't imagine. I mean, what, 71 percent disapprove of Biden's handling of inflation, his his overall approval rating sitting at about 39 percent right now, 55, 56 percent disapproval. It's like He's going to be an anchor in a lot of these House and Senate races. Yeah, now definitely an albatross. So that, that's for sure. So bring bring down all these Democratic candidates, or going to be forced to have to justify uh, Biden's policies and his various um, gaps. Uh, I, I put it mildly, <laughs> you know, uh, every, uh, you know uh, that, that, that he's making in you know in public lately. So you mean the candidates uh, running in some Senate race don't want Biden to show up and threaten to assassinate Vladimir Putin in their district? <laughs> or something <laughs> you're like you just never know what this man is gonna say dude and yeah he can derail a otherwise solid uh stump speech in a hurry i feel like uh, yeah yeah I, I i don't think i i don't think he'll be utilized very much at all i mean what do they do send harris she's probably even it's even worse yeah she's even worse. It's, uh, it's actually amazing how she's even worse I, i'm like fighting he can barely string a sentence together and yet somehow he's still better than Kamala Harris. I, I mean, I did not think there could be a worse politician. And I'm not talking for policy, but just like in terms of, of like charisma and all that, than Hillary Clinton. But Kamala somehow is worse. Like everything you hear that, Tom, is. Hear uh, that, Tom Nichols? It's time to yeah. write a Leave Kamala Harris Alone article for the yeah. Atlantic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you see, he, he, he's calling me a meanie. But, leave leave uh, but, the poor woman alone. She's a woman, for goodness sakes. Uh, and, and it's just amazing how how it's like it's like that how like everything from Kamala is forced and 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 she and when she's asked to talk about something like 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 the way she talks about issues, I mean I mean it, 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 it's it but basically like like it, it's it's like when a student like didn't study for like a test for like the test and they're sort of like forced to give an answer on the spot. But because I like that, like spark notes or something. Uh, I mean, that's how Kamala, Kamala Harris talks. Dude, um, when we first it's... when we first started doing the podcast in like early 2017, there was just a few times like in that first like six months or so. There was only a few times. I don't even know how noticeable they were to the audience. If anybody has been with me since the beginning, let me know how stupid I sounded. But like there was just a few times where I would have, like, a guest on that was, like, an expert in a specific topic that I thought was interesting, but it was yeah. something that I didn't know much about, right? And it's like, I would do my research and stuff, but maybe I didn't prepare as thoroughly as I wanted to. And there's just a few times I can remember where it's just like, man, like, I don't, I don't have anything to say. It's like, I don't know how to follow that up. Like, I don't know how to keep this conversation yeah. going because it's just not my area of expertise. And just feeling just horrible for myself, for the audience. I was embarrassed. It's just like, man, and I don't even know if it was that noticeable, but it's like that just doesn't happen to me very often, and it's just so uncomfortable. I hate that feeling, and it's any time that woman goes on television, <laughs> that's it. Uh, She's just yeah. like, you're just like, oh, oh, you don't know anything. 
Like you, you're completely yeah, unprepared. Like, you're just, yeah. She just opens her mouth and starts talking, and just random words come out. It's like, my goodness, what would you and I, if, if we go if we do some media hit on whatever, Fox News or whatever, and we put on a performance like Kamala Harris does on a daily basis, dude, I wouldn't leave my house in a week for a week. Like, I'd, <laughs> yeah. be, I'd be like, oh, crap, dude. Like, this, I, I can't show my face. I'm going to get off Twitter for a few days. I was like, I just, like, I'd be so embarrassed, and she's just totally cool with it. She's like, I don't care. Like, the press won't cover it. Like, I'll just say whatever I want. Yeah. I'll, make, I'll just make stuff up. It's just I, crazy, I mean, what, man. What, is, what does she even do nowadays? Like, like it's just, they, they just, like, hide her away. So, like, they hide her from Biden in, in the White House. I, I, I don't know. And of course, that laugh. But, I, I mean, my good, I, I, that's, like, it's, like, the it's, like, it's, it's, like, the Joker laugh in, in real life. I, I, it's, it, I, I, it I makes me, explain it's, it. it's more uncomfortable than the Joker laugh. Yeah. It's just, like, yeah, I don't know. And, you know, now that you mention it, I don't think we've seen Harris in a while. Yeah, I mean, that's probably not a coincidence. <laughs> One more thing, and I'll let you go in just yeah. a second, but did you see yesterday that Biden declared yesterday, June 14th, the official elder abuse day? Yeah, like, that's... Combating uh... elder abuse? I'm like, dude... I, well, I, I don't know. Is this a cry for help? I don't know. <laughs> but, like, all right, okay. If you're, what's his name? Ron Klain, chief of staff. If you're, what's yeah. her name, the press secretary, I don't know her name, but she's historic. What's, what's, what's like, Hist- historic, Jean-Pierre, whatever, yeah. I, I call her historic gay black press secretary, because that's what the press called her for the first week or so. Yeah. Um, it's like none of these people were like, we can't do this. <laughs> we can't, <laughs> we just can't do, like, the Joe Biden elder abuse proclamation. Like, it's, there's nobody, like, nobody in the room. Like, nobody was like, I just don't know. I, I don't, I think this is going to be a meme. I think it's going to be a meme. Joe Biden can't speak English. I, we probably shouldn't put out this press release. Nothing. They just cranked. They just they just blasted it off, Aaron. It's 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 it's, it's I couldn't it's, believe it. It's 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 like a Babylon Bee article, like in real life. I know. I, I, know. I mean, it feels like it's in general the news cycle these days are, are like all feel like they could have been Babylon Bee articles, except they're reality. Uh, man, this crazy times you live in, man. It's just crazy. Like the people making decisions, and like I get the the Trump White House is crazy and chaotic and stuff, and it was always, like, Trump's advisors telling him not to do something, then him, like, saying, okay. And then, like, he'd get a mic in his face, and he'd just, like, do it anyway. He'd have to, like, (laughs) walk it back, and it was, like, super embarrassing sometimes. But it's, like, that's nothing compared to this White House. Like, this White House is, like, run by children, dude. Like, it's crazy. I know, like, if you look at, like, the the White House roster, it's all, like, Obama's, you know, C or D team, you know what I mean? But it's, like, man, you guys don't have any talent in the room. Like, you don't have anybody who can kind of steer the ship in some kind of, like, not cringed <laughs> direction. Yeah. Like, I'm not even talking about the policies. I'm talking about how, like, politically ridiculous all of their decisions are. You know, like, of yeah, course, the, the, the policies yeah. are evil, but it's like it doesn't even make sense from, like, an electoral standpoint. Or, or even from a basic competency, just from a basic competency perspective. Like, it's just, like, it's these people just don't know how to, you know, how to properly run things or, you know, so... Glad they're in charge. The adults are back in charge, Aaron. Uh-huh. Boy, oh boy. Can't you feel all the entity? No more mean, no more mean tweets. I could use a big, big old orange, mean orange tweet right about now. I don't know. Haven't yeah, checked the old 401k, but not gonna. 
Yeah. Not going anytime soon. My goodness. Aaron, my brother, thanks for doing this, man. We'll do it again soon. Where can everybody read your stuff, keep in touch, uh, all that good stuff? Yeah, so um, I am a full-time writer for the Jewish Journal. I like, read my stuff there. You know, I you know I, I tweet at, at Vanless Banter. Um, yeah, give me a follow. Read, read my stuff. You know, Jewish Journal stuff is generally it, it, general, not just me. It's, it's always, always some good stuff there. So, you know, check us out. Everybody follow Aaron. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks. Um.